Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. I'm Dr. Jody Mullen, and this podcast is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I've been a play therapist and a child counselor for almost 30 years. I'm a mom. This puts me in a perfect position to share with you lessons about children that I've learned actually from children. Uh, These lessons have informed my parenting and my consulting with parents. I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents that there are some basic fundamental principles that can make our parenting, our relationships with our children, parenthood less stressful and more joyful. And quite frankly, who doesn't want that? I've whittled down these basic principles and share them with you as well as other lessons learned here so you too can benefit from those lessons and enhance the relationships you have with kids the way you feel about your connection to kids as well. These lessons will improve your overall parenting esteem. In this episode, how exciting, I am joined um, by my former student, current friend and colleague, Becky Marazon. And uh, a little bit about Becky. After 12 years as a school psychologist and play therapist um, in a 3 to 21, in 321, In 2019, Becky became a coordinator of psychological services for Charlotte County Public Schools in Florida. And um, she also is a person who gets to integrate her long work with children, being a play therapist and a school psychologist, um, and now an administrator and a mom, and all of that together. So we're going to tap Becky to help us learn a little bit more about uh, gifted children. For more on parenting and children, check out my book, Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. That was inspired by children and the conversations in this podcast. You can also find additional resources for parents and professionals on my clinical website, which is www.integrativecounseling.us. And hang out with me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Jody Mully and Facebook on Integrative Counseling. Um, And just so you know, anytime... Uh, Becky and I are referring to children that we work with professionally. Um, We have made every effort to disguise any identifying information and any likenesses to children that you know are merely coincidences. So with that said, Becky, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I know we were talking a little bit before getting started, and we were both feeling pretty excited about the topic, about being able to do this together. So I have a lot of questions um, to, sure. to get to get started, um, and and also to help people understand. So who are we even talking about when we're talking about a, a child who is considered gifted? Definitely. Um, So giftedness, there are a lot of different definitions out there. Um, 
a lot of people think mm-hmm. it's just high intelligence. They're super, super smart kids, mm-hmm. um, but there's actually more things that go into giftedness. Um, it could be high academics, which we see. Um, it could be just mm-hmm. creativity, meaning like they're creative problem solvers. They have, you know, good humor and things like that. Uh, or they're super artistic with like drama and music or dance um, or even leadership. Kids hmm. can be uh, gifted in any one of those areas or many of the areas or even <laughs> all of the areas. Okay. So it, it's not one picture of what a gifted kid is. They're all different. Okay. So first of all, this is news to me. Um, and I've been working in children's health <laughs> for 30 years because I guess I always thought, especially in the school system, it was defined by like um, – intellectual cognitive like capabilities and um in that way i do recognize that people are considered gifted like musically athletically you know uh, artistically in other ways um but i think there was something really interesting that you uh said that there um which is it which is like made me think of another question is like so how is that determined what's the line because I know that most parents <laughs> I know, um, we all think our kids are, you know, pretty spectacular and dare we say gifted. So how, how is that like label created? Like official? Yeah. Sure. Um, so this is actually kind of a tricky question too, because it, it differs. It differs by states. It differs by school districts. Some states don't even really recognize this or provide services for this. Um, and then some do. Mm-hmm. I am in Florida and in our school districts, uh, we identify students as those that have an IQ of a 130 mm-hmm. or above, which is in the very superior range. Um, okay. have a majority of gifted characteristics. So like we have these rating scales with all these different gifted characteristics and they have to have the majority of those checked. Um, and then they have to have a need for that enrichment type program. Um, there are other uh, schools that um, recognize other things too, like that artistic, the creative piece of that. I think the hard thing sometimes is some um, not every school, not every district has the ability to enrich in all of those different areas. So you find that those ones that aren't capable and they don't, aren't able to enrich in like the artistic area or the creative area, they often will look more at the academic or the IQ piece. Um, but it's, it's limiting when you do that. Yeah. So that, so it kind of depends on not just like what state you're in, but what uh, district you're in. And even, I mean, I certainly would imagine that it's, particular to um, countries and cultures and, you know, that there's all these ways that we, um, that we gauge that. So if you think your child is gifted, um, what do you do? Like, what, <laughs> what do you do about that? <laughs> and, and I guess maybe the first question is, should you do anything about that? If you feel like you're, uh, you know, if you feel or you're getting some feedback that your child is gifted, but there's no, like there, you, nobody has like approached you about that connected to the school. What, what you know, like what, what do you, where do you start? <laughs> That's a good question. So I think the biggest thing really is not so much identifying them as they're gifted, but just okay. looking at them as kids, just like you look at any other kiddos, that they have strengths and weaknesses. Every kid has strengths and weaknesses, and these kiddos just happen to have uh, even higher strength in certain areas. Mm -hmm. I I think 
the biggest things with those kiddos is um, you can sometimes see that they can get bored easily or you can sometimes see they'll have behaviors or um, or even just a genuine interest in, in looking more into things. I think if you start to see that, oh, my gosh, you know, they're needing to be have a little bit more to do or they're they're very very overly interested in something or mm-hmm. they're really good at something and they they sit there and do it for a long time that I think just encouraging that and giving other opportunities to do that I mean if they're great in music then you know look into those music lessons or right. there's a lot of ways to enrich like outside of those schools um but the other thing you could do is if you could always ask your district to and see if they do recognize giftedness, and if so, how do they go about identifying a student okay. is gifted, um, and then what do they have to offer if the child is eligible? Um, because, of course, every school and district and state is different. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some may have enrichment programs um, built in, some are more accelerated type programs where they they push them faster in the curriculum. So it might be where, you know, they're pushing them to work a year in advance, things like that. Um, but, again, going back to every child is different. So just because they have an accelerated program and your kiddo is really bright doesn't always mean that they will benefit from that. You really have to look at that that child and yeah. Where are their strengths and where are their weaknesses and what do they need? Okay, so I'm taking a bunch of things away from what you said. The first thing you said is probably the most important is that it, for for me was like you have to treat them like other like other kids and in many ways is just like what are my child's strengths? Something we talk a lot about here on uh, the Freakishly Well Behaved Kids podcast is we talk a lot about like looking at your kids. Um, and self, actually, through a strength-based mm-hmm. lens. Um, and so looking yeah. at that as, so, like, I'm in New York State, and I know my district doesn't have um, a gifted program. And so that wasn't even an option for us. But And I think in some ways that's been a, that was beneficial because it was like, okay, well, I know that my child's really interested in this or really, um, you know, uh, excels in this. So how do we, like, uh cultivate that, you know, the, that strength that, um, that they already have. So I think like that if we, that we should be doing that for our kids, period, whether they have a, exactly. a label of gifted or not. And then the other two, uh, two other things that I took away from what you were saying, one was um, about enriching our kids' lives. And, um, mm-hmm. and so, and that, you know, sometimes what we'll hear is that uh, gifted kids or really bright kids or however you're going to make this definition, get, get really, bo- get bored. And so like, what are the things that would, would be really helpful to them in terms of enrichment and how do you, you, you know, that there are ways that you can do that at home also. Um, and then the, the third thing that I, you know, took away and I, you know, you're welcome to expand on any of this is like, what can you offer? So enriching and like combining the enriching and the offering is like, what are the things that the district and your, the school or if your child is homeschooled, what can we offer kids so that they can, you know, continue to recognize their, so they can continue or begin to recognize their own strengths and, and, um, and, you know, really, I'm going to use the word cultivate again because I think it works really well here, cultivate a curiosity in them so that they, 
just so that they can expand that into other areas and, and broaden, at, you know, their experiences. Mm-hmm. So what, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, I was just, I was just going to say, I think the biggest thing with that is, is listening to your child. And, and <laughs> I think just by doing that, you can identify what areas of interest they have and let mm-hmm. them take the lead. And, and if they have an interest, if if you, uh, if they, you know, want to explore something more, let them and walk with them and support them. Uh, really, that's the biggest thing. I think one of the biggest challenges we find is just our perception, the adult perception of giftedness. Um, right. We have a certain idea of what a gifted kiddo is and should mm-hmm. be, and that's not always the case. And I think in some ways that can be detrimental to the the gifted student. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because um, in, in, as somebody who's school-based, is I'm sure that you deal with that much more regularly than I do doing community-based work with children. You know, in fact, in you know, 30 years, I can only think of maybe three or four parents who have had even a conversation about giftedness with, but I'm sure that that's something that you've done for uh, uh, many, many times. So what are some of the things that... I, that parents and people who care about kids come to and with to you with in terms of their ideas about what what giftedness even is. Mm-hmm. I I think that there's a, a perception that giftedness is, means that you're good at everything, um, that you're outgoing, <laughs> that you're more mature, that you're well behaved, that you're focused. Um, it's just kind mm-hmm. of like this ideal. Um, and that is really lacking the whole perspective of what giftedness is. There are some really amazing things about giftedness, um, mm-hmm. and they can be more mature or they can be more focused, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they always are. Um, right. So there's well, and there's that, some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. No, you're okay. Uh, I was just going to say, and there are there are some negative things that go along with it too that can be uh, make it more challenging. Yeah, I was thinking as you were saying that, and um, but and I I just want to say that I think part of us talking over e- each other here and there is because we're both pretty excited about what we're talking about. Um, so, <laughs> but I'm thinking that like in some ways, um, it's a setup for perfectionism. It's a setup for anxiety. Yeah. It, it could be, not okay. that it is inherently, yeah. but it could be a setup for perfectionism, anxiety. Um, I know, uh, you know, just something that you had said about like, um, uh, like gifted, when I was growing up, it's called the gifted and talented program, right? And, um, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about like talent and how important it is to just recognize what your kid is interested in, even if you're not. So I'm going to just share a quick example here is since my daughter, what she's 21, but since she was a little, little, like preschool, has always been like drawn to music um, massively. And I am like, I know nothing about music. I've never played an instrument. I can't, I, I can't even hear. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't carry a tune. I can't even hear a tune. I mean, I'm being totally <laughs> honest here. I have like zero musical aptitude. And then I, it turns out that I have this 
child, she was so, so interested in music. And so we just really um, like leaned into that. And my, you know, my daughter's about to go to graduate school for music composition. Like she's an um, amazing musician. And so it's, you know, I, I think being able to say like, even if I don't know anything about it, or if it's not like sort of my cup of tea kind of thing, is that to lean into those things, um, you know, for your kids so that they can figure that out for themselves. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Sum that up nicely. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so what are some of the, so when a kid is showing um, giftedness, and I think maybe for our purposes, we're just talking about a child who has a you know a particular aptitude that that they mm-hmm. appear to be like really good at. I mean, I don't know another way to say it. Yeah, um, that's a good one. But, Thank you. Uh, but what are some of the challenges that they do face? Because I think, you know, when you were talking um, a few minutes ago, um, I, I was able to tease some out. You talked about being bored, which I that I do hear quite a bit, being bored in school or um, having some behavioral um, problems that may be related to that. So what are some of the, like, typical things that kids who are, you know, super achieving in a variety of ways uh, face? Yeah, so a couple of the ones that pop out frequently and I hear a lot about are, I mean, we already talked about the adult perceptions, but um, for gifted kiddos, everything is more intense. Um, Not only are they brighter in that specific area, but their emotions tend to be more intense. They sometimes will have sensory um, issues where, you know, they're more sensitive to noises or certain clothings or textures um, and I noticed with the the emotions they just tend to they feel them so much more intensely and they don't know how to handle them because they really haven't been taught how to do that um, so sometimes with these kiddos you'll see that they may have you know meltdowns that don't seem to really match um, right. what the situation was it might be something really small but to them they're feeling this really massive emotion um, that just makes them melt, uh, but it just seems to be more intense. And same with the other way, same with, you know, if something happens and they're sad and they're upset, they they are sensitive beings that, <laughs> that feel it more. Um, so I think there's a component to just teaching them those coping strategies and how to self-regulate when they start to feel like that, um, letting them know that, this is okay, and this is normal for who you are, and that's right. okay. Um, yeah. We just have to learn how to work through it. And I think sometimes because we have the perception that, wow, you know, they talk like an adult, they act like an right. adult, that they're supposed to also feel and cope <laughs> like an adult, and they don't know that yet. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another biggie. Uh, also, high self – oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to, I wanted to play around with this adult perception thing, because I think, I do think that that is really important that we illuminate that, because I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about, um, you know, sometimes I just think about, like, kids who appear older physically, right? And then the world yeah. really um, has this expectation that they are going to act accordingly. And I, and I think that, you know, one of the things that you're highlighting here is it's not just kids who appear older physically, it's kids who can kind of pull off either, you know, either a talent or intellect that is typically older than how old they are. And then then we expect them to to have 
um, this more mature way of dealing with the world in every single way. Um, you know, yeah. not, not just because right. physical, emotional, personal skills would be advanced also. And that would be a mistake on our part because that's going to put just added pressure on this child. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, exactly. And then I'm pairing that up with um, this intensity that the, I loved how you said they're, they're like really sensitive beings and, you mm-hmm. know, also putting that together. So, so now there are already, um, you're, you're, you know, what you're saying is there's a sensitivity that you notice in um, being connected to gifted kids, but then also they would be even more sensitive to that adult perception and, and what is asked of them. And, and exactly. I'm I think of a couple of little kids that I've worked with over the years who are like more like in the 10 to 12 range um, who have talked about like not wanting to cry, for instance, like getting so overwhelmed in school, but not wanting to cry because they do have leadership positions because people would think they were a baby and all their friends think they're so mature. And so I think mm-hmm. like when you you know, when you originally said it doesn't, in some ways it doesn't matter if they're gifted or not. You, you know, you still have to be sensitive to them and listen to them. Like that's where I see that is that I want to do that for all children gifted or not, but we better be doing it for our gifted children and not, not, mm-hmm. um, the only word I can think of in the moment back is neglect you know, neglect that part because they are either massively intelligent or have some other sort of gifted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How um, are there some ways that like have, have traditionally worked in supporting um, children both or either at home or in school um, that do show up this way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, One of the big things at home for parents, I think, is just take the time to learn about giftedness and and what that means and what that truly looks like all around. Um, Teaching your child what giftedness is, too. They are so bright. Um, Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, they're able to understand that. And I think there's a frustration with them sometimes um, (laughs) because they are so aware that yeah. they they feel different um, mm-hmm. or even they have a hard time understanding, you know, I'm amazing in reading, but gosh, I really stink at math. Why is this? Or maybe they're average in math, but to them they stink because they're, you know, above the charts in reading. Um, right. It's important, I think, to teach them what it means to be gifted and what that could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down <laughs> patience, patience, patience. <laughs> Um, You definitely have to have a lot of patience with these kiddos um, because of those, I think, extremes at times. Uh, Teaching them coping strategies is huge because they are going Mm -hmm. to have a lot of situations where they're just going to have to figure out how to cope with those those big emotions. Um, I've definitely found mindfulness has been incredibly helpful for those students. Um, Mm -hmm. There's even some YouTube channels that have um, some really cool kid mindfulness on those too um, that have been helpful. I think, um, Jackie, go ahead. um, You know, it would be great if you, um, you know, after we're, after we're done, (laughs) if you could um, send, send me those links and then I can put them up on um, 
uh, integrative sure. counseling Facebook uh, page and on my Instagram. That would be awesome. You know, I, I'm going to interrupt you for a second here too, because I'm just thinking sure. of a little girl that I worked with um, and I saw her for counseling and play therapy and she was seven. And um, our very first session, I bring her into the therapeutic playroom. She takes a look around the room and she says, I'm a little too mature for this place, <laughs> which for a seven-year-old is typically like the perfect age. So anyway, so I, just because she said that, I, you know, I believe that she knew that about herself. So I brought her into uh, the office that I usually use with adults and adolescents. And uh, when we got in there, she was like, um, do you, um, do you know how to write uh, Chinese characters? And I said, I don't. And she said, would you like me to meet you? <laughs> and, wow. and I think because it, it was really cool. I haven't thought about her in a really long time. But I think part of the reason um, that the that play therapy, and especially the kind of play therapy that we do, which is child-led, is I, I think is also like a good connection for gifted kids is that way and so so accepting where I think um, you know some of the things the sensitivities that gifted um, and talented kids face their sensitivities about their own like their own their own talent their own you know uh, abilities and so um, I, I don't know it just made me think of her and how like it was such a shift but she I still was able to do what I do as a play therapist which is accepting and allow her to evolve in a way that made sense to her. But I love the idea of, of being able to uh, facilitate mindfulness and, and use mindfulness with kids who, you know, it seems to me that the, the whole setup is, you know, is a step for anxiety, depression, perfectionism, you know, some of the things that, you know, are, are just really hard for any of us. Yeah, and and we have used play therapy here as well, and we've had some really good success with that with our gifted mm-hmm. students, um, those that have anxiety. Um, we have some that have temper tantrums, uh, yeah. a variety of behaviors, and it, it is really very helpful. Um, so I definitely think if if you're seeing the child struggle and they are gifted, um, mm-hmm. They would benefit from counseling outside of um, or inside of school, looking at right. play therapy or other mindfulness techniques. Sometimes, too, you'll see um, students like on the autism spectrum wow. that also would benefit from like some social skills, social stories, and things like that, too. And maybe I will have you back to talk a little bit about that <laughs> uh, next time. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so you would say patience, patience, patience mindfulness, yeah. leaning into what they're interested in. What are some, uh, what are some other, uh, you know, just quick takeaways as we only have a, I only have a few more minutes with you on this particular topic. Um, I, really, I think the biggest takeaways are let your child take the lead and mm-hmm. you follow and wherever they go, um, and and just ask, learn and ask, learn what, learn about giftedness, ask what the resources are out there, and and move forward. Mm-hmm. So, and I think gifted is not just this all perfect little being. I mean, they're all perfect beings, but <laughs> you know, perf- 
perfection and everything, they're going to have, again, strengths and weaknesses, and we need mm-hmm. to treat them like a child because they are. Um, they're and, just you like know, a I, child. Right. And, and you know, as you're saying that, too, the other thing I thought of is also, um, I know one of the, I'm not sure, like, that my daughter, you know, would reach a sort of, like, diagnostic threshold for giftedness, but I know that one of the things um, that, um, that she struggled with was, was being really, um, doing really well academically. And then when she didn't, even a tiny bit, like when, <laughs> when she, you know, got an, uh, you know, a 96 on something instead of a hundred, it, it was, you know, going back to that, that intensity about, um, how she thought about herself and how, you know, she mm-hmm. defined, defined that. And I think, that is an area that, um, you know, with high achieving kids, period, um, is and 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 even ones that um, maybe not meet that exact definition, but are hard on themselves in other ways, is really being sensitive to that and going back to those coping skills that you spoke about, but also recognizing that, um, you know, we have to be sensitive to what the what kind of um, the culture dictates in terms of being perfect and always, you know, doing everything, uh, you know, right and those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's um, in terms of uh, kind of a last word here um, is, I guess, in, in terms of parents um, and, and advocating for their, do you, I guess, Quickie, do you think that parents should advocate for their uh, children to um, get into programs if there are ones available in their district? I I think definitely advocate. Find out Mm -hmm. about the program first and make sure it's something that you think that would be beneficial for your child. Um, and if so, yeah, I would definitely encourage you to advocate, but advocate because it's something that your child is strong in and would benefit Mm -hmm. from and would like to do. We find sometimes that, um, some parents are so excited that their kid is bright that they automatically want to put them in a gifted program, even if it's not anything (laughs) to do with anything that they're interested in or their strengths, just the fact that they're gifted. Um, so I think just be cognizant of that and, um, evaluate what's out there and, and, and then based on your child, move forward. So this is this is what I'm talking about, is keep uh, that out there. That sounds like 100% you're so much better for being my guest today. Um, I already um, decided you need to come back and talk a little bit more about um, <laughs> coping skills and kids who are on the autism spectrum. It was a delight to have you. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you, Jody. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.